Okay, Shabbat Tov. We'll be dealing with the Shir of <coughs> Rosh Hashanah, Hilchot uh, Shofar, on page 331. Bezrat Hashem, this will be Ober La Siatan, just be having to blow the Shofar. Where do we see this in the Torah? So, source number one, the Pasuk tells us, Daber B'nei Yisrael Lemor, Bachodesh Hashvi'i Bechad Lachodesh. Now we know. Chodesh Hashvi'i, the seventh month in the Torah, is referring to Tishrei. Yelachem Shabbaton, Zichron Trua Mikra Kodesh. It tells us that there will be a day of Zichron Trua. And in Bamidbar, it tells us, Bachodesh Hashvi'i Bechad Lachodesh, on the first day of the month, Mikra Kodesh Yelachem, it will be a holy day. There will, it will be a day of blowing. So we have two separate uh, psukim. <clears throat> right, uh, that describe uh, Rosh Hashanah and it talks about it being a Yom Trua and as we'll see, Chazal understand Yom Trua means that we have to blow the Shofar now the question is uh, why do we have to blow the Shofar so one of my favorite lines in the Gemara is uh, the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Tetvav that says Lama Tokin Rosh Hashanah why do we blow the Shofar in Rosh Hashanah and what's the Gemara's answer why do we blow? Hashem said blow. What are you trying to get in so complicated, you know, trying to figure out? Because Baruch Hu says do a mitzvah, we do a mitzvah. He says jump, we say ha ha. He says blow, we say fire. Ha. So that is the beginning of, uh, of, 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 of I think, any halachic um, fear is why we do it. We do it because Akash Baruch Hu told us to do it. But that doesn't alleviate us from trying to understand why HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to do it. What are we meant to try and gain from it besides listening to the king um, and why does the king want us to do this action? So the Sefer HaKinuch gives one explanation and what we're going to try and do today is see from Dafka a halachic machloket between the Rishonim get a very different insight into the nature of the mitzvah of, of Hilchot of Shofar. Says the Sefer Achimuch, Mishorshea Mitzvah, the basis of the Mitzvah is, Lefisha Adam, Baal Chomer, Lo Yitarel, Ledvarim, Kim Al Yedem Orer. We're human beings, and human beings don't wake up, do not get aroused until something or someone arises, awakens them, arise, arouses them. They're going out to war. In the ancient times, They would all start chanting and banging on their shields to kind of awaken and arouse the fervor to go to war. Right? Uh, from, from the beginning of creation, this is the day of judgment. We have to awaken ourselves, not to go to war, but to ask for mercy and Rachamim for all of our sins. So that is the Sefer Achinuch, um, Uru Uru Yeshenin, kind of waken us from our slumber. And that also seems to be uh, mentioned by the Rambam. He says, but there's a Remez Ladabar, talking us from our slumber for us to do Tshuba and to ask Rachamim from the king. Okay. Um, and this is, the, uh, this is the Gemara that I was quoting. 
in Masechet Rosh Hashanah, Tet Zayin Amud Aleph, Amar Rabbi Yavar, why do we blow with a ram's horn on Rosh Hashanah? Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu, Tiku Lepanai B'Shofar Shalayim, Kedei Sheeskor Lachem Akidat Yitzchak, Blow the Shofar, A, to remind Zchut Avot of the historical event of, of the Akidat Yitzchak, and B, also to almost say that we are bringing ourselves as a carbon to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that is a different, comes out of the Gemara, one that comes out from the Rambam and the Chinuch. And now I'd like to suggest a third reason. And in order to understand the third reason, we have to now delve into the actual definition of the mitzvah. So we're now going into the nitty-gritty of how you actually fulfill the mitzvah of Shofar. And there's a famous machloket between the Rambam and Rabbeinu Tam. Yes. Sorry, can I just say on the Chinuch? Yes. A bit of a problem really with the Chinuch. Because the Chinuch's thing is he's saying about it's all about awakening you to do tshuva. Yes. Which is, okay, but if you actually look, it's the mitzvahs on Rosh Hashanah. Right. Mitzvahs not on Yom Kippur. Right. So Rosh Hashanah, you look at all the governing, there's no slichot, no, there's no ashamnu bagadnu. So it seems, obviously the time of year, obviously is the correct time of year, but according to the day itself and how the day is presented. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good kasha. As in, it, fit, it fits more with a view. I mean, you could definitely uh, bring the, what the Gemara said about right. uh, Akedah. That's for right. sure. That you right. Link it to that. It doesn't fit so well with uh, again yeah, it's a good the, the shofar during Elul yeah. to awaken. Yes. That that will make sense. And right. you know, Yom Kippur, you can say, yeah, say that, but like, right. it doesn't really make sense to link it with Rosh Hashanah. It's a good kasha. I uh, hear. And Rav Haigon gave 10 other reasons. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a whole lot of reasons, I think. Yeah, I agree. The, the reason of the, of the Chinuch, uh, if it's as, to arouse us to do Tshuva, does it really fit with Rosh Hashanah? Maybe it should have been more uh, Yom Kippur Mitzvah. It's a good child. Okay. Um, so coming back to what I want to give is a third explanation of the nature of the Mitzvah based on the Machloket Rishonim in the Halachic definition of the mitzvah. And we'll start with the Rambam. There's a machloket between Rambam and Rabbeinu Tam. What is the bracha that we say on the mitzvah of Tkiyat Shofar? Says the Rambam in Yochot Shofar, Mitzvah tasei shel Torah lishmoa shu'at ha-shofar berosh ha-shanash v'neymar yom tru'a yelachem. The Rambam then continues, Shofar ha-gazul, so what is the, the goes further. Shofar ha-gazul, a stolen shofar, shetakabo, that someone blew with, yatsa, fulfilled his obligation. She'ena mitzvah, ele b'shniyat hakol. The mitzvah is actually to hear the voice of the shofar, afopi she'lo nagabo, velo yibiyah ha-shomea. In b'kol, din gezel. And the voice of the shofar hasn't got a status of stolen, Right? Because otherwise it might have been a problem of mitzvah habab avera. We have lulav agazul, etc. It could be a problem of mitzvah habab avera. Can you fulfill a mitzvah with a stolen lulav? Lichor or not? It's lulav agazul could be a problem of mitzvah habab avera. However, when it comes to the shofar, the Rambam takes pains to tell us that it doesn't make a difference that the shofar is stolen because the essence of the mitzvah is hearing the voice that comes out of the shofar and that hasn't that cannot be stolen so yes is there an implication here that if he stole the shofar and he blew it himself he wouldn't be yotza no he would be yotza he would be even though he, even was, though, even though he was in other words, because he's hearing himself 
and he's still in Shofa, that still would be okay. Still would be okay. Mm. It doesn't, he's still gonna get. The Rambam takes it a step further. The Rambam also wrote responsive. People will ask him the Rambam Shinas. Is it different? What's the brocha? Should we say lishmoa or litkoa? Ayin is there really an afkemina? Says the Rambam. There's a great difference. There is no obligation to blow the shofar. The obligation in an unequivocal stance of the Rambam. Hence his practical ramification, a stolen shofar you can still fulfill your obligation with, and that is the opinion of the Rambam. Now here comes the interesting Rabbeinu Tam. The Rosh quotes Rabbeinu Tam, source number 7 on page 334. Katar, shofar, to blow the shofar, that the actual doing of it, literally doing of it, but it means the blowing that is the actual mitzvah. That is the mitzvah, a completely different understanding. The mitzvah is actually to blow the shofar. Now, we don't all have a shofar in shul. One person, we have the baltokar, and he blows, and hopefully everyone else listens. According to the Rambam, I can understand how everyone fulfills their obligation. Right? The mitzvah is to hear, and we all heard. According to Rabbeinu Tam, he's, uh, he's our shaliach. He's your shaliach. Yeah. Okay. So, shaliach, that's, that's fine, shaliach, but let's just, let's just try and uh, uh, fine-tune that. There are two possibilities, okay? Possibility number one is, you could say, shaliach. So, I've got a, I, I need to shake a lulaf, right? Can I point you to shake a lulaf for me? If you shake the lulaf, I'm appointing you a shaliach. You shake the lulaf on my behalf. Have I fulfilled the obligation? No. Why? Because it's a mitzvah sheba gufo, yeah. right? So if it's a mitzvah sheba gufo, shlichut is very difficult to fulfill. But there's another possibility. What is that? We have in halacha something called shomea ke'one. Mm-hmm. Someone who, uh, who hears, it's as if he said it, right? There's only one problem. And that is, according to the Rabbeinu Tam, what is the mitzvah? The mitzvah is to blow. So, We've heard Shomea Kone. We haven't ever seen Shomea So, according to the Rambam, there's no problem. Lichora, it, it all made sense. The mitzvah is to hear. We all heard. Shalom Israel. According to Rabbeinu Tam, the mitzvah is to blow. There's someone blowing, it's as if I blow. Right? Now, either they work through Shlichut, but the problem with Shlichut is, Lichora, it's a mitzvah shebegufo, just like the Lulav, and that mechanism shouldn't work. The second tefillah and brachot, but that's, this, is, this is an action, this is blowing. So how does Rabbeinu Tam, how do we fulfill our obligation according to Rabbeinu Tam? Everyone got the question? Yeah, can I just go back to the Rambam? So yes. Just to hear it. Yes. So we've got the famous question, can you hear it through a radio? Can you hear it if you're outside the shul? Does that impact on that, on that uh, argument or on that question? I don't think so, because even if the mitzvah is just to hear it, you still have to, you could argue that you have to hear it directly from the shofar. And if you hear it through a radio, that's, you know, you're not hearing the shofar. You're hearing, I don't you're know. You're hearing a shofar. Sorry? You're hearing a shofar. Well, you were, you're, you're hearing, hearing a kolot of a shofar. You, but you're hearing a kolot of a shofar that went through a few, I don't know, I don't know how it works. I, I, but, but uh, you know, it got translated into a, some type of, 
I'm not sure. All I'm saying is, it's not. One could, one could argue that even according to the Rambam, that you just have to hear. But maybe the, according to the Rambam, you have to hear it directly. And this is considered indirectly, in which case it would be a problem. Yes? Uh, next to Rabbi Natan, yeah. is that Tkia is like a Tfilah. Yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is, that is where I was going to, uh, that, that, that that's where I was trying to get to, that the third understanding. We mentioned what is the mitzvah of 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 uh, of shofar. So we mentioned the the sefer uh, and the Rambam. It's to arouse us from our slumber, right? We saw the Gemara that that kind of the when when we blow the shofar, it reminds of Kadosh Baruch Hu of the schutavot of the akedah. It's kilo we did it, but according to how we are explaining Rabbeinu Tam, and really the only way to explain Rabbeinu Tam, and this I heard from Moriva Rabbi Rav Rav Gigi is that Rabbeinu Tam is really, you know, the ultimate Litvak. We always think Rabbeinu Tam, the Litvak, but he's saying a real nice Hasidish vote. The blowing of the Shofar is a, is a, is a tefillah, it's a language. And therefore, the Klalim, the rules of Shomea Koneh, we've never heard of Shomea Ketokea. But Tokea is really a language. It's a, it's a Chazan, it's, it's a Shaliyach Tzibur, it's a tefillah. And therefore, it's got the Klal of Shomea Koneh. So it comes out that the ultimate litvak, the Rabbeinu Tam, really holds a very, very powerful, I think what I'd call it a Hasidish Adya, that the real, the nature of the, the nature of the Shofar is really as a unique tefillah that we say on Rosh Hashanah. It's in Shmiya, in hearing, or it's a mid, or Rabbeinu Tam. Look at the, um, the Masech Rosh Hashanah, Daf Kaf Zayin. Hatokea letoch habur, habor, or letoch adot. If one blows into a pit or into a cistern, right? That's uh, um, the Mishnah. And basically the, the, the mission tells us that you're not Yotze. The person who, who bows his head into the pit and blows He's hearing an echo because he's half outside, he's half inside, so he's getting all the mixture. Comes along the Gemara and tells us that the guy who's blowing, he gets a, a mixed uh, sound. And because he gets a mixed sound, so he has to, uh, he can't fulfill his obligation. However, the people in the pit, they heard it clearly and they can fulfill their obligation. We're talking about a person who blew, blew himself, and the Mishnah tells me he hasn't fulfilled his obligation. Who's this a clear support for? The Rambam. If the mitzvah is to blow, he blew. But here, the mitzvah is to hear. And even though he blew himself, but, you know, the, the, the sound got all mixed up, so he didn't fulfill his obligation. A clear proof for the Rambam. On the other hand... A death person. Oh, we'll get to that in a moment. Okay? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, and, and look at the, the tool, brings us as a support for the Rambam. Says, uh, source number 10, Bekodem ka, I mean, Siman Tafkuf Pehei, Yivarech lishmua kol shofar, i.e. paskan zak the Rambam, that's the brocha, to hear the shofar, velo litkoa, the lab betkiya talyam yelta, it's not dependent on whether one blows or not, ele beshomea, rather whether one heard it, kiditnan, as we've learned in the Mishnah, to kele tochabor lo yatza, person who blew into the pit and didn't hear it, did not fulfill his obligation. So we have a clear psak of the tour following the Rambam, and gives a very good support from the Mishnah, which seems to be hands down win. However, there's a Mishnah that seems to support Rabbeinu Tam. 
Mishnah tells me a cheresh shote v'katan ain motzi in the tarabim yadei chovata a deaf mute a mentally deranged uh, person or a katan or a mana cannot fulfill cannot fulfill the obligation I, they cannot blow now if the mitzvah is to fulfill by hearing who cares if they if they are can hear if they're obligated if they're mana or what difference does it make so the guy's deranged. Did you hear the shofar? You heard the shofar. So according to the Rambam, why don't you fulfill your obligation? Aye, but if the mitzvah is to blow, right, and this guy is somehow acting as your shaliach or your representative, or it's as if you blew, clearly we need to have someone who is a balchiyuva, right? So you can't have a cheresh, you can't have a shota, and you can't have a katan. That supports Rabbeinu Tam. If a person is not obligating it, he cannot fulfill the obligation for the others. He cannot be the Baltoker. How, how does the Cheresh support Rabbi Yotam? Because since... The, what, what are we why saying? Why can't the Cheresh be... A, he's not Makui because he can't hear. Yeah. Which is what the Rambam says. No, says no, 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 no. But you have to hear it. Yeah, well, that, that's, uh, love, that's right? a very interesting uh, question. Which the truth is, is a big machloket over here. Is this the classic cheresh? I we have a cloud. Usually in many mitzvot, the Gemara says a cheresh, a shote, and a katan on you cannot perform the mitzvah because they're not pardat, right? I it's not a function of that right. he can't hear, but rather it's a function of he's not a barchiyuva because he's not a bardat. He doesn't understand. Generally, a person in the ancient times that didn't couldn't hear. Basically, there was no way of educating them, and therefore they basically didn't understand. It's, the truth is, is that it's a bit of a machloket. When the, when the Mishnah over here says a cheresh, could it even be a person who is not a deaf mute? He's only deaf. Can he still, can he be a baltokar? That's a machloket, right? Is it a function? Is this the classic cheresh, which it would have to be both, right? Or even if it's just a person who cannot hear it, would would it be so? Can deaf late in life? Sorry, or became deaf late in life, etc. Et mm. So that is a machloket rishonim, but it could be tied into our machloket between the Rambam and, and Rabbeinu Tam. So it's not clear that you can bring a proof either way because it depends how you define the cherish of But what is clear is that you need a bar chiyuva, right? Now, why do you need a bar chiyuva according to the Rambam? According to Rabbeinu Tam, it makes sense. The ikar is to blow. So you need, if someone is blowing and you are ki'ilu answering their blow, just like you need a shaliach tzibur who's a bar to lead the tefillah, you need a bar to lead the tkiah. So that seems support to support Rabbeinu Tam. Look at the Chazonish. The Chazonish wants to answer for the Rambam. The, Ram, the Chazonish says like this, V'chein inyan tkiah shofar. Eno the Chazonish wants to fine-tune the Rambam. Correct, the mitzvah is to hear the shofar. But what type of hearing do you have to have? You have to have a hearing of a tzkiah shel mitzvah. Kol shofar shel mitzvah. Ve'yilcha. Eino yotzeh mecher yishot ve'katan velo mimitaseh. Or for a monkey for that matter. If a monkey blew... Would we say, according to Rambam, the Ikar is to hear and therefore it's okay? No. It has to be a hearing of what the Chazonish calls a Shofar Shel Mitzvah. It has to come through a mechanism. 
So it's a mechanism of uh, that, that kind of um, has to be through a bar chiyuba. That's why you also need intention. If the Iker is to hear, so I have intention to hear. Rav Hillel blew the shofar, but he wasn't intending to be Motsimi. Why is that so critical? I had intention to hear. Because it's not a Tkiah Shel Mitzvah. Right? So that's why, according to the Chazonish, even if you call it according to the Rambam, that the Mitzvah is Shmiah, it's not any Shmiah. It's a hearing of a blast of a mitzvah, which had to have done, been done, A, by a person who is obligated, and B, with a certain cogn- a cognition that, of what he's doing, cognizance of what he's doing. So that would answer the shit of the Rambam. Again, one could argue, and that, I suppose, if you don't like the answer of the Chazonish, that would be a support for the shita of Rabbeinu Tam. Anyway, how do we Paschal? Between Rabbeinu Tam and um, the Chazon and the Rambam says the Shulchan Aruch, Kodem Yevarech Kol Shofar Yevarech Shechian. Shulchan Aruch seems to pasken the mitzvah is Lishmoa. Ayi paskens like the Rambam. So it comes out that uh, comes out that according to the Rambam, it's only a mitzvah to listen. In which case. Um, that very nice chat of the shofar being a uh, tefillah seems like uh, it's only according to Rabbeinu Tam. There is a shita of the Shagas that basically holds that we pass in like the Rambam and the Rabbeinu Tam, that it's a chiyuv both to hear and to, and to blow, in which case we could somehow still slip back that nice chidush uh, of Rabbeinu Tam into the actual tefillah, and that will be important when we get to the next stage of where we do the blowing, because remember that, that Shagas Ariyeh and the Machlok between the Rambam and, and Rabbeinu Tam because we're going to come back to it. All of these halachot of the, of the Shofar kind of uh, go around certain principles that keep on coming up. What is the nature of the, the Chiyuv? So now I want to uh, just focus on, before we get to where we do the blasts in the Tefillah, how many blasts do we have to do? There's a bit of confusion. Um, we are generally, uh, I don't know, it's one of the best kept uh, mitzvahs, I'm not sure what a mitzvah it is, that people are makbed not to, uh, not, to, not to speak between the first uh, blow of the shofar and the hundredth or hundred and one uh, blow at the end of Musaf, which I think is excellent, and one shouldn't speak. But it, it's not like... You know. And it also goes to show that it's not a mitzvah, because if it was a mitzvah, you know, it's a minah. So it's a minah, we're very makpidon. You know, the famous Rabbi Yisrael Salanta, Chabal, that, you know, uh, you know if, if Lord Tigzal wasn't in Aseret uh, Adibrod, we would keep it, and it was just a minah, we'd be a lot more machmir on it. Anyway, um, so how much do you actually have to blow? How many blows? It says the Gemara in Masechet Rosh Hashanah, Lamed Gimel, Taner where do we know that you have a chiv to blow the shofar? Okay. Hold on a second. That's, that's on the yovel, which actually is on Yom Kippur. Where I know on Rosh Hashanah. Now I already know it's referring to Yom Kippur. So why did I have to repeat it? You call to watch a Chodesh Shvi'i Zekazeh. 
coming to teach me, why did the Torah have to repeat Chodesh Ashviya? Already, yeah, no, I mean, the Chodesh Ashviya, I mean Tishrei. It's coming to equate the blast that we do on Yom Kippur to the blast that we do on Rosh Hashanah. Now, we already mentioned in the beginning of the year we saw that Rishon Lechodesh was Rosh Hashanah. And now we know that there's also a blast on Yom Kippur. And we saw that there were two separate psukim regarding Rosh Hashanah. So we've got one blast mentioned regarding Yom Kippur. We've got two blasts mentioned regarding Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Lamed Gimel tells me that all of the blasts have to be equatable, which basically means the Gemara comes to a conclusion that you need three shofar blasts on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur because you've got to equate them. But it's not just three. The Gemara then continues. The word ha'abarta, the Gemara learns out, means that I have to have a blast before the shofar blast and a blast after. What we'll call the blast before, we'll call it a tekiya, a tekiya before and a tekiya after. And the actual shofar blast is called the trua. So how many do I have to do according to the Torah? I have to do nine blasts. Because we saw that there were three truas that had to be done on Rosh Hashanah and, and on Yom Kippur because I've got to equate the two or add them more correctly. And then the Torah basically added a tzikiah before and a tzikiah after. So our minimum that we have to blow on Rosh Hashanah is nine blasts. So how do we get to a hundred? Okay. <laughs> We get from nine to a hundred. Says the Shulchan Aruch. Teisha. We saw you only have to hear nine blasts. Lefisha nemar trua beyovel Rosh Hashanah shalosh pamim chol trua trua lefanei pshuta lecharei and we add a tekiya in front and behind. Umi piash mu alamdu shekol trua shal chodeshvi echaden ben Rosh Hashanah ben biyom kipurim shal yovel that equals teisha tekiot. So it comes out. Tkia, trua, tkia, tkia, trua, tkia, tkia, trua, tkia. Very neat and simple. Okay, so how do we, how do we get to uh, 100? So the next stage is we'll see that in order to fulfill your basic necessity, you cannot fulfill your basic obligation in the Torah if you just hear nine blasts on Rosh Hashanah. You need to at least get to 30. How do we get to 30? That is the continuation of the Gemara. Um, we'll, we'll do it very briefly. But basically it says, um, just, just um, when it comes to the Trua, just look at the last three lines. Mar Savar, right? So one holds that this Trua is a long whale. Mar Savar, Yelule Yalil. It's, very short uh, wailing. One is a deep groan and the other is like a, a, a hysterical um, cry. So we don't know what the definition of the trua is. So here comes the, what's the possibility? So says the Gemara on Daflamadalad, Atkin Rabbi Abau the Kesari. Rabbi Abau in Kesaria, he said, he made a takana. What should we blow? He says you have to blow right? Then you should blow three different types of shvarim trua and then back to tkia. Why? Because 
So says the Gemara, well, why do you have to do Shvarim Antra? Just decide. Is it wailing or is it groaning? So says the Gemara, he didn't know. So because he didn't know, we do both. So now, if you do both, so how do we get to 30? Well, we know we have a basic nine. Of the nine, six are standard. Right? Tkia before, Tkia after. It's just the three in the middle that we don't know what to do. So we have three variations. Possibility number one is that it's a shvarim. Possibility number two is that it's a chua, that's the short whales. Possibility number three is it's a combination of the two, shvarim, chua. So that means in order for us to fulfill our obligation, we would actually have to do three sets of nine. One where the middle is shvarim, one where the middle is chua, and one where the middle is shvarim, chua. And that gets us to, well, nine threes are 27. So how do we get to 30? Because Shvarim Truah, we counted as two separate, i.e. that last set is not nine blasts, it's actually 12. So it's nine plus nine plus 12 gives us a minimum of 30, and that is how we pass it. Halacha say a person wants to fulfill his obligation, Midoraita, he's in the hospital, he's not going to be in shul, he's not going to be able to hear all um, 100 blasts. The minimum that a person has to hear in order to fulfill his obligation is 30. In the army or whatever it is, says the Shulchanar. Truaza Muravataran Nistapeklanoim Hilelashano Korim Trua. We're not sure if it's a whale like what we call short blast called the Trua. Oim Hi Mashano Korim Shvarim, a groan. Oim Shneim Kiyacha. By the way, there could have been a fourth possibility. What would that possibility be? Trua Shvarim. Why do we not even worry about that possibility? So the Mishnah brings in the name of the Rishonim already that when a person cries, we assume that they start with a shvarim and then they're, they're going on to a shorter whimpers afterwards. So based on that, even if it's both of them, we know the order is going to start with the groans and then going to move into the whimpers and that's, that's accepted by everybody. I.e. no one uh, that I have seen is choshesh that we have to do a fourth Possibility of Trua Shvarim. Says the, um, just going back to the Shulchan Aruch, Lafiha Kedel Latzet Yadei Safeg, Tsarich Litkoa Tashrat Shalosh Pamim, Vetashat Shalosh Pamim, Vetarak Shalosh Pamim. You do Tkia Shvarim Trua Tkia three times, Tkia Shvarim Tkia three times, and Tkia Trua Tkia three times. Very neat. You're saying the order has yeah, to be Shvarim Trua. We're not even Shvarim Trua is at the end, huh? And now we start with Shvarim Trua. We start with Shvarim Trua. We start with but Lichora, Lichora, they wouldn't make a difference, right? Yeah. We're not sure. Although, as we'll see, or maybe we won't see, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll tell you outside the Shita of Rabbeinu Tam, uh, maybe there is a reason why we do Shvarim Trua at the beginning, but yeah. it doesn't seem to be that there is a real. Um, now, says the Mishnah so the fact that we translate the Trua as some type of Yevaba, Yevaba is some type of crying. But there's different types of crying. There's moaning, there's hysterical crying. We're not sure if it's groans that a person does, right? And that's how a person initially starts crying. And that's what we call shvarim. 
um, I suppose it'd be a, a long cry, you know, when a kid starts crying. Ah, it starts uh, the long moans, and then at the end, it, when he sobs. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. The sobbing. And therefore, and therefore, we do it three times as we said. Just continues the mission, right? You cannot fulfill your obligation by doing just Tashrat. Why not? I.e., you've got the Shvarim and you've got the Trua there. Right? So, why not? Says we saw that you always had to have a tkia before and a tkia after. Now, if the Torah meant to have just shvarim, for example, after the shvarim you were meant to have a tkia, but you now put a trua in, so you wouldn't be able to fulfill your obligation if you just did tashrat, right? Um, then you'll say and if it, I was meant to blow Tkia Trua and I added in a Shvarim beforehand, so I don't have a Tkia before the Trua. Very difficult. So therefore, it comes out that we have to, um, we have to do all three. Now, we've basically come to the conclusion that you need to, in order to fulfill my basic obligation of nine, I have to blow 30. They did 30 before sitting down, literally, before Musa. 30 in the silent Amida. 30 in the repetition. Similar to the hundred cries of the mother of Sisra. Interesting, the mother of Sisra, Rasha Kanire, I mean, well, the mother of Rasha. Uh, it's amazing how she got such yichus that we blow the hundred based on her cries. Va'ali Nasara, and now we're okay, so hold on, that's just 90. We need another 10. Va'ali Nasara, inu kishegomrin kolat vila kot kiyad yichida mitbayin mahave asara. Tashra, tashra, tarat. So basically, he tells us the Aruch. You do 30 before Musaf, you do 30 during the private Amida, you do 30 during the repetition, and you add another 10 to get to our 100. And that's what the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, the Yeshno Agin Litkor Mea Kolot, the Hainu Shetokin Acharat Vila, Lashli Mea Kolot, Imat Kyotchel, Meyusha, Veshel Mauma. We have 30 beforehand, we have 30 during, and another 30 in the repetition, and then another. 10 to get to a complete 100 based on the Minhag, based on an Aruch of the uh, Ain Sisra. I was going to say, what's the basis of the 100? Is it, it doesn't sound like it's a Durabana. It sounds like it's a Minhag, right? Correct. So, like you said, so, so then, why are we so. Uh, so, again, uh, so, so what the, does seem to be a Durabana? What does seem to be a Durabana, and that we'll see in a moment, is that Chachamim were Metaken, already in the Gemara, that there will be 30 before. Uh, Musaf and 30 during Musaf. So 60 seems to be a Takana de Rabona, right? To be Yotze, we'll see why, why we need to do it. But um, the rest is Israeli Amina. And although we are makpid uh, not to talk, if one does talk, one doesn't repeat the brocha or anything like that, one can still 
fulfill one's obligation. And definitely someone who's not in shul and about to care comes, you don't need to ask them to blow 100 blows, just 30 would be enough. The Aruch HaShulchan also points out, right? And this is brought down by the Tosot and the Rosh. The tour brings down another basically another blast that we not mentioned, but says the Aruch that is not our minak. There's no reason that the Abba But uh, what that means and how that works still is not, not clear. So, um, Look at Mikra'e Kodesh. Rav Harari tells us, Although, according to the strict law, law, if you've done 30 blasts, you fulfill the obligation. The Minag Ashkenaz is to hear 100 blasts. And the Minag of the Svardim is to add an extra blast. And uh, now, he explains as follows. The first three we blow after the Aftara before Musaf. And they are called Kiyot Where do we get this Kiyot Demeyushab and Kiyot Demeumad from? And that's a Gemara in Tetzain, Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, page 343, source 26. Rosh Hashanah Tetzain Amud Bet, Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, Lama Tokim Rosh Hashanah. What do you mean? Why blow with the, uh, the, the true blows? This is the first time that we see that the Gemara seems to say that there was already a Takana in the times of the Gemara to blow Meyushav when the, the community was sitting and when they were standing. The Gemara's answer is to confuse the Satan. The tour gives an explanation about this. Explains the tour. Perush. Why do we blow when the community is sitting before Musaf? Why do we kind of preempt the blasts with Musaf with blasts when we are sitting. In order, That's what the Gemara says. Explains the, uh, the Torah. Explains the Torah like this. What is the Ikar blasts? The Ikar blasts are during Musaf. That's why we have to stand for them. So why do we blow before Musa, because the Satan thinks, oh, that's the Ikar blast. So he already starts firing his ammo against the, the Shofar blast. What he doesn't realize is that he shot too early, because right? that wasn't the real thing. So he's like, you know, you imagine in a gunfight, so you imagine the guy starts shooting, he finishes all his ammo, and then you pull out your, your pistol and you start firing. So that's what we want to do on, on Rosh Hashanah, right? The whole idea is basically for the us to kind of blow 
he, the Satan, thinks this is a real thing, starts challenging with all these tainas against Klal Yisrael, the courtroom hasn't opened yet. The judge hasn't, uh, isn't in session. So no one heard him. And then the judge sits down and we come in and we give our taina and he's out of breath because he's... So that, that is answer number one of the tour. What do we see from here? A very important cloud. They're going to the tour. The Ikart... Uh, is the ones in Musaf. The ones in Musaf, which we'll see is going to be a big machlok and so it's going to come back they, to our machlok in between the Rabbah. Does that mean the they Rabbah? are the writer and the ones... Oh, oh now it's going to be a big trollant. Okay, keep that thought in mind. V'yayish mafarishim shemikor chiyar rishona mitarbev v'shniya v'achiyit v'yoshalmi that basically because he's going to he, they're going to be two blasts he thinks that it's... it's Mashiach's coming, and because Mashiach's coming, so whatever, Am Yisrael have already won, and therefore he's not, he's going to give up hope, and, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm not a, a big understander of what's going on over here, and, uh, you know, in Shemaim, what actually I take out of this tour more on a halachic level, is that the tour is clearly saying that the Ikar of the, tfi, of the, of the blast is actually in the Musa, and, the Radbad says this explicitly, source 28. Why don't we stand the first 30 that we, that we sit for? The Ikar is regarding the tvilo, the bra, or, or that you have to blow them according to the Brachot. Which Brachot, by the way? The Brachot of the day. Malchiot, Shofarot, and Zichronot, and Shofarot. It's just to confuse the Satan. It's not the real blowing. Right? And therefore, Chachamim didn't want to bother the community to stand. Uh, we stand for every kilt. But Chachamim, when they were guys there, they didn't uh, want uh, to trouble the community. The person who blows, he always has to stand. Okay. Um, so now he says like this. Those who haven't heard the Brachos, So basically, says the Rabbis, if you're not going to, for some reason, you're, um, you're a doctor. Okay? And there's a good chance you're gonna you're gonna be called out for Musaf. Or your Chayal and your Mishmeret is coming up. And you're only gonna have the 30 blasts. For you, you have a chiv to stand for those 30 blasts because it is that that's gonna be your Ikam mitzvah. Now, it comes out according to the tour and according to the Rabbis, we have a question. And the question is like this: if the main mitzvah door writer is the Ma'umat, so first of all, we've got two questions. So, so, okay, so we add 30 blasts to confuse the Satan, but then shouldn't we, what, what, when, do, when do we say the bracha? Right, the bracha we say the bracha before the, first before the first 30, but we only fulfill our real mitzvah during Chazar Atashat or during Musa. So also, what's going on over here? Also it's problematic because let's say you're in shul and for whatever reason you have to go out of shul and you missed the, the Musa blast, so then you missed, you said the bracha, but you, then you missed you said the I'm into the bracha, but don't, right. you've missed the main, the main show. Right. So what's going on here? So so first of all, in terms of how we get through the planter, according to the Rabbaz and the tour of how you can say a bracha and then like have a hefsek almost, and you know mm. not the real thing. 
So there's an interesting Rashban in Mesech Psachim, Kufchaf. Remember Ashir on Lela Seder. Um, what do you feel, what's the Ikar mitzvah of Maro? Right? So there's a Shaila of, of um, whether you fulfill it with the, whether you fulfill the mitzvah. Sorry, what's the Ikar mitzvah of, of Matzah? Right? Is it the first Kazayit or is it the Afikoman? The Rashbam holds that it's really the Afikoman. But where do we say the Brocha? Before the first. We say it on the, I think. So the, the Rashbam himself asks, well, if the Mitzah is only the Afikoman, how do we say the Mitzah on Achilat Matzah already at the beginning of the meal? And he says, it's in Hilchot Brachot, it's not such a Balagan. We already see it in the Mishnah that if a person has Marot and he has only one type of vegetable, that he also needs it for the um, for the uh, for the carpas, he he basically says the bracha on the vegetable then, and he but he fulfills the mitzvah with the same vegetable when he gets tomorrow, and that's a mishnah, right? So says the Rashbam, you see that this in Hilchot brachot works, so it's not not such a planter for him in Hilchot uh, matzah. And it won't be such a pointer for, for the tour and the Radbaz in Hilchot Shofar. It's the same uh, principle. Um, says the tour. Bo'omed, okay, we've got five minutes left, so, so we've got to... Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm going to skip a few... Uh, I'm going to skip a few things. I'm going to say a few things outside, just because there is a big machloket, right? Um, can, you, can you interact between the different... Uh, between the different sets. For example, within Chazarat Hashat, you'll see that there's usually in the Ashkenazim, we have a Yehi Ratzon between the different uh, blocks. And the Svarim, they have a Vidu. So can you say it or not? So according to what we said, if the main set is the 30 blocks, right, then you shouldn't have a half set between them. Right? And you did... Yeah, what, what, what do you usually do? Tkiya Shvarim Trua for the first set, then you do Tkiya Shvarim Tkiya for the second set, then you do Tkiya uh, Trua Tkiya for the third set. Rabbi Natham had a very big difficulty with that. He said, let's say it is a suffix, and you need to say, you need to blow on every bracha, nahon? So if you need to blow on every bracha, and you did Tashrat for Malchiot, you did three sets of Tashrat for Malchiot. But Tashrat isn't the real blowing. Let's say it was Tashat. How do you fulfill your Malchiot? Yeah? So that's the. So Rabbeinatam actually changed the Minak. He changed the Minak. What he did in Hishul, in Ashkenaz, was he did Tashrat, 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 Tashrat. All the time. He just did Tashrats. Because he thought that that covers the, the most. Even though the Gemara said, well, but then you're going to have a hepsek. He somehow got around that problem and he thought that that was the best thing to do. We don't follow Rabbeinu Tam. But there still is a question that you need all, three, all, all the 30 to fulfill your obligations. So how can you have a hepsek by doing a Hiratzon or you're doing a Vidu? Right? Rabbi Yaakov Emden was Michael. Uh, the Mishnaburah says, one who is Michael, we're not going to shout at them, but it's preferable not to verbalize it. It's preferable just to look inside um, and, you know, kind of mind read it. Um, and that is generally how we pass them. 
um, there's one last opinion that I think is very important to say, and yeah, that is the opinion of Rav Haigon, which... Sorry? Would that include No, because that's part of the tefillah. Seems that's part of the tefillah that's already that's a takana. That's part of the shlit tzibur. Like, what about the rest of us? I don't think there's necessarily enough kamila between the shaliach tzibur and the and the rest of us. In the end of the day, we are basically jumping on the bandwagon of the shaliach tzibur. Um, it's also a takana based. That's the original nusach of of chachamim that hayom aratalam, and the proof of it is that the ritva proves from there. Who do we pass me like Rabbi Yezer or Rabbi Yeshua when the world was created? But that's for another time. Okay, so um, there's one final opinion and that's very important. And that is the Truva brought down in the Rosh of the opinion of Rabbi Haigon. Up until now, we've basically said that you need to blow 30 blasts. Why do you need to blow 30 blasts? Because it was a suffix. Is it Shvarim Trua? Is it Shvarim or is it Trua? Rabbi Haigon says that's a misunderstanding of the Gemara. Chas v'sholem. That basically, there was really the takana of, of uh, Rabbi Yitzchak in Kesaria was not due to, we're not sure, was never a suffix. According to Rabbi Haigon, you can fulfill your obligation any way. Shvarim trua, shvarim or trua. What was the takana? What was the problem? The problem was, was that the Kehillah in Yerushalayim were doing Shvarim Trua. And the Kehillah in Kesaria were doing Shvarim. And the Kehillah in, uh, in Gushdan were doing Trua. And Rabbi Yitzhak said, clearly so people are going to go to the Mishpocha for Bnei Brak. And they're going to say, what are you doing? We didn't fulfill the obligation. Because in Yerushalayim they do Shvarim Trua and you did just Trua. And they're different in Hakim. And it's going to cause Pilug in the Am. And it's going to be... It's uh, agudot agudot. We can't have this. So what did he do? He standardized it. But because he standardized, not because there's a real suffer, but because he wanted every, all of Amishel to think, what's the nafkamina? The nafkamina is the reason why the, the other Rishonim were not so makpid on the question of Rabbeinu Tam. What did Rabbeinu Tam say? Rabbeinu Tam says, how for Malchiyot, According to the Torah and the Radbaz, that's the Ikar blowing, Nakhon. How for Malchuyot could we do, how for Malchuyot could you do Tashrat, and then for Zichronot you do Tashat, and then for Shofarot you do Tarat, and fulfill your obligation. So Rabbeinu Tam changed the Minag that was across the Jewish world. Unbelievable. Koach of Rabbeinu Tam. Svaradi Ashkenazim, Babel, Provence, everyone was doing that. Comes along Rabbeinu Tam says it doesn't make sense, we change the Minag. Um, but now we can understand that if we really pass in like Rabbi Haigon, and by the way, that's the shoot of the Zohar, that you can fulfill your obligation in any way, then it's Nishka Felach. It's not the end of the world. Why? Because it's not the end of the world in terms of Sobeseda. For, for Malchiot, we'll fulfill it in this way. For Shofar, we'll fulfill it in this way. And you still get all of Klan Israel kind of doing one minute. And that was the Ikar Takana. So that would be the answer against Rabbi Natam. And basically, that's. It's interesting. We don't follow neither Rabbi Tam nor the original Takana of the Rishonim, nor the Psak of the Shulchan Aruch, nor the Psak of the Ramah. We follow the Shlach. If you look, the Seder that we blow in the Ashkenazi Sidurim, it doesn't follow any Shita that I know of, nor, neither in the Rishonim nor in the Achronim. It follows the Shlach Kadosh, which is a Pilei Kloim, but I think it's based on the Shabhai God. Um, so that's just food for thought. We didn't get to 
ladies, but uh, and the shofar, but the seder. If you ever could have a ktiva v'chatima tova, Ezrat Hashem, we'll all be uh, be written and inscribed for a good, sweet 